the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good news from Tokyo. Yeah, final score, Sweden 3, the U.S. women's soccer team, nothing. I lost interest in the Olympics a long time ago. I won't watch, I don't, I mean, I might watch it if I happen to walk by the TV and I see something on there that catches my eye, but it's not appointment TV for me the way it used to be. I guess it it probably started to fade when there was no more Soviet Union to root against. But the U.S. women's soccer team has me interested in soccer at the Olympics. Not enough to watch it. Um, I can't watch soccer for more than a minute, no matter who's playing. Actually, I think that any American caught teaching soccer to an American kid should get prison time. Well, it's, you know, it's a communist sport, and it is taking American kids away from American sports. And my stance might be a little strong, but, you know, that's how I feel. Anyway, uh, sorry, but... If they started allowing soccer players to use their use their hands, I might have some interest, by the way, but I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Uh, Megan Rapinoe and the U.S. team are about as unlikable as a team can get. And you know that they went to Tokyo really looking forward to the chance to stand on the podium when the national anthem is being played and make a statement. And apparently lots of teams have decided that they're going to kneel during national anthems, which, of course, as I've been saying here for a while, is why they should just stop playing the anthem. It's not meant as a vehicle to trash your country, especially at the Olympics. Uh, it's supposed to be a time when you show how proud you are to be representing your country, not apologizing for it. And then the whole purpose of the of the national anthem being played is just destroyed when... It just becomes uh, a vehicle for personal, um, a, a chance to just address your personal grievances with the country that you are there supposedly representing. And, and Megan Rapinoe is a socialist. Uh, there are a few women on the team who actually stood with their hands over their hearts. I, I guess it was today I saw the picture. And I don't know if they, they must have played the anthem before the event or whatever, but there were some, uh, some of the women were standing. Most of them were kneeling, though. And you'll have to excuse me if I'm rooting for that entire team to be deplatformed. Sorry about the the women who stood and apparently are proud of uh, representing America, but uh, I want them all to be deplatformed. And they could use a dose of humility anyway. By the way, the loss today ended a 44 game winning streak. 44 games. That's pretty good. And it wasn't just a loss though. Three to nothing is a blowout. And according to reports that I've read, the team really, really looked bad, which again is good news uh, for me anyway. And remember when a U.S. Olympic team, no matter the sport, could go into the competition knowing that everybody back home was rooting for them? That's the way it used to be. Even if it was a sport you had no interest in or a sport that you hated. Uh, you could go back to the 1980 um, U.S. Olympic team, the Miracle on Ice. Hockey uh, was is not a, 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 a sport that's as popular, obviously, as football, baseball, and basketball. Lots of people who don't like or, or aren't interested in hockey or even hate hockey, you you know they watched that game. And they, they were on the edge of their seats, and they loved every minute of it. Uh, so... Uh, you know, that, that used to be the case, that you, you knew that everybody back home was rooting for you if you were on the Olympic team. Those days are over because of the creeps and people like them uh, on the women's soccer team. Now, I'm going to guess that close to half of the country uh, was glad or will be glad to hear that they lost today. And the same number of people will be rooting against them to lose their next game, which uh, is against... Um, New Zealand, by the way. I don't know anything about that team, uh, only that I read that they're not anywhere near as good as Sweden. Uh, but in our coming up in our second half hour, I'm going to be talking to a columnist from the New York Post who escaped communism when she was a kid with her family. And she has a lot of things to say to idiots like Megan Rapinoe, who uh, take the opportunity uh, to trash the United States whenever they get the chance. Whenever they're put on a stage, they like to... Um, take the opportunity to just 
talk about what a bad place we have here and how much apologizing we need to do to the rest of the world. And I don't know what the, the motivation is for the other women who have been standing, or I'm sorry, kneeling. Uh, if they're kneeling in support of the Black Lives Matter uh, movement, which is uh, communists, Marxism, uh, and uh, this this is something that everybody needs to keep in mind. Uh, if they are kneeling in support of Black Lives Matter, the one of the co-founders of Black Lives Matter, and this this uh, video was going around the internet the last few days uh, since the Cuban uprising, she actually. Uh, supported uh, the uh, the Cuban government and said that uh, you, you find less discrimination in Cuba than you'll find in the United States. And then there was an old video, I think it was the same person who uh, was on record, uh, or no, it was a tweet from somebody associated with Black Lives Matter when Fidel Castro died. And the tweet just said, uh, rest in power, Fidel. So it was it was actually saying that, uh, you know, supporting Fidel Castro. And another tweet said uh, something like, um, uh, I don't know, some, some, something similar to that. But I, I saw quite a few old uh, tweets or comments from people associated with Black Lives Matter supporting the people who murdered uh, innocent people in Cuba for the last 60 years. So that's, um, you know, that's, that that's what they are that's whom they are supporting when they kneel if they're supporting black lives matter now uh something else to keep in mind is as pointed out by uh, newsbusters uh today um you 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 should be prepared for the media the american media i'm talking about to be slobbering all over the uh the first of all the women's uh, soccer team they love them and they'll be slobbering all over Megan Rapinoe. But they'll also uh, be slob... They're likely to be slobbering over countries that... Um, uh, uh, teams that represent countries that are communist or socialist. And Newsbusters came out with some examples of the past. This is one of... This was my favorite. This is what Bryant Gumble said way back in 2006 uh, on Real Sports, HBO's Real Sports. This is what he said. Quote... Finally tonight, the Winter Games. This is the end of his show that night. Count me among those who don't like them and don't watch them. In fact, I figure when Thomas Paine said, quote, these are the times that try men's souls, he must have been talking about the start of another Winter Olympics. Because they're trying, maybe over the next three weeks we should all try too. Um, let not try like try not to be incredulous when someone attempts to link these games to those of the ancient Greeks who never heard of skating or skiing. So try not to laugh when someone says there are they are the that these are the world's greatest athletes, despite a paucity of blacks that makes the winter games look like a GOP convention. That's Bryant Gumble back in two thousand and six. He's probably out there today talking about how we all need to be unified and and uh, not look at people and judge them based on the color of their skin and blah, blah, blah. He hates hockey, uh, and so uh, he, he actually trashed the entire U.S. Winter Olympic team for being, well, uh, um, I, I guess a fraud because somebody they were being referred to as uh, the greatest athletes. I don't know if Bryant's ever been on skates. I don't know if he's ever played hockey. But if he doesn't think that the guys playing in the uh, Winter Olympics, uh, playing hockey in the Winter Olympics, are among the greatest athletes in the world, then he hasn't been paying attention, or he's just uh, just doesn't like to see uh, a team full of white guys and and doesn't want to root for a team that doesn't have a, a, the the the, um, the needed number, at least in his eyes, the required number of black uh, athletes on the team. And then this is going back to 2018. I, I, when I looked at this, I remembered uh, talking about this uh, at the time. And again, another reason why I don't watch the Olympics. But this was the Olympics in 2018, the Winter Olympics. And uh, Kara Simmons of NBC on the Today Show said, We spent a week inside North Korea and gained rare access to the people there. First impressions? This is so typical of these idiots. First impressions, clean, organized. 
and a lot of people in uniform. You think they were in uniform. That's because they get beat up and thrown into a, uh, a, a prison, uh, hard labor, if they don't wear their uniform. A tour of weapons captured from American forces in the Korean War counts as a school outing here. What are you learning here? Quote, we are learning about the great fighting spirit of our war heroes. They're talking about North Koreans. This, that's what a child, this, this child tells me. America gave unfathomable pain to our people, he says. Here at amusement park in the capital, bumper cars. They are ruthless, these guys. Now, this is a person who... I, and I don't know what, obviously I don't know because I'm just reading this off a page, but I don't know what this person's, and I don't know if Keir, K-E-I-R, is a man or a woman, but I don't know what he or she said in response to uh, the uh, the unfathomable, unfathomable pain that was caused to her people by the Americans. This is someone who lives in the same country that's, that's run by Kim Jong-un, Ung, Young, whatever his name is, and he's he's... He's, he, he just has people executed for his entertainment, literally. And then there's Joe Starling, Sheena McKenzie, and Brian Todd. This is from February 10th, 2018. A CNN.com headlined, Kim Jong-un's sister is stealing the show at the Winter Olympics. Do you remember that? Because I do. I don't remember actually watching her, his, his sister. I, I remember people talking about it because i don't watch that stuff and i'm sure i watched the hockey in the winter olympics back then but uh if diplomatic dance were an event at the winter olympics kim jong-un's uh sister younger sister would be favored to win gold with a smile a handshake and a warm message in south korea's presidential guest book kim yo jong has struck a chord with the public just one day into the pyongyang games seen by some as her brother's answer to american first daughter ivanka trump kim 30 is not only a powerful member of kim jong-un's kitchen cabinet but also a foil to the perception of north korea as an antiquated and militaristic it also is a signal that North Korea is not this crazy, weird, former Cold War state, but it too has young women that are capable and are the future leadership. The, the, this is just unbelievable that anybody that is supposedly smart enough and a good enough journalist to work for an organization that's supposed to be reputable and credible like CNN would fall for this in a, North, in a, in a communist country. The most blatant propaganda, and, uh, and, and they drag out the, the, the leader's sister, who has no business leading the country. The only reason she is is because she's his sister, and because she's smiling at people, that this shows that what our perception of North Korea is this rotten place where people are literally starving to death. It's all just, it's all just propaganda drummed up by those evil Republicans and conservatives that in North Korea, it's organized and clean. As long as it's organized and clean and they send you to somewhere to work at hard labor for 20 years because you said something um, derogatory about the dear leader, that's okay. And then um, you have uh, this one. This is from uh, Motoko Rich and Choi Sang-hoo in a February 11 New York Times article. Kim Jong-un's sister turns on the charm, taking Pence's spotlight. The fact that, this is, this is what they wrote, the fact that Vice President Mike Pence and Mrs. Pence didn't stand when the unified North and South Korean team came in was a new law, a low in a bullying type of American history, uh, diplomacy. And then it says, here she was, a political princess, a political princess. That's what they're calling this woman. In a, in, have you seen pictures of what goes on in North Korea? Do you know what goes on? I mean, people literally starving to death. Here she was, a political princess, but the North Korean first sister had none of the hallmarks of power and wealth that Koreans south of the divide have come to expect. In looks-obsessed South Korea, many 20-something women list plastic surgery and brand-name brand name bags as life goals. So South Korea is just way too American for these people. These, these women, they, they aspire to having material things and, and looking, uh, looking nice and, and being uh, normal human beings, but they were nothing compared to the North Korean first sister. 
uh, who is just, she doesn't have any of the hallmarks of power and wealth. That's because <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's communist North Korea. They're living in 1950. It's a Cold War country. Russia overwhelmed. This is, this is coming from that last one here. This is coming from 2014. Uh, this is uh, the actor Peter, uh, uh, Peter Dinka, Dinklage of Game of Thrones. He narrated a video uh, for NBC. Uh, this is covering the opening ceremonies in Sochi back in February of uh, 2014. Russia overwhelms. Russia mystifies. Russia transcends. Through every stage of its story, it's resisted any notion of limitation. Yeah, Stalin had no limitations. He could do whatever he wanted. He was perfectly happy to see like 12 million people starve as a direct result of his orders. But that's what it, it, it's, it's resisted any notion of limitation. Through every reinvention, only redoubling its desire to cast a towering presence. The empire that ascended to affirm a colossal footprint, the communist revolution that birthed one of modern history's pivotal experiments. But if politics has long shaped our sense of who they are, it's passion that endures. Again, this is a guy who uh, he's, a, he's British, I think. I I, I don't. Uh, where's he been to to, to 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 be talking about the Soviet Union? I mean, he's old enough to even remember. This isn't a young guy. He's old enough to remember what the Soviet Union was all about. And uh, throughout every through every stage of its story, it's resisted any notion of limitation. Now, Peter Dinklage. Uh, uh, he may not. I'm good chance he didn't write it. They just got him to, to narrate it. But somebody at NBC who works for NBC and probably still works for him to this day. That's only seven years ago. Somebody wrote that and actually was in Russia trying to put the Russians in the best possible light. Now in Tokyo, it's not going to be the same thing because Japan is obviously a democratic country. Um, they're an ally of ours uh, now. But you got the Winter Olympics coming up next January, 2022, and um, it's going to be in communist China. And you're going to see the same things in this. Every, all you need to do is read what they were saying about these countries, North Korea and Russia, when they were hosting Olympics very recently. All you have to do is read that to see why that the Winter Olympics should not be in Beijing in January of 2022, and the United States should not be taking part in it if it does come off. They should be working to get it moved. There is a little bit of a movement uh, right now to, to eliminate the or uh, to move the Olympics out of Beijing, but not enough of one. And there are too many people thinking that it's a good idea for the U.S. to go over there and just uh, dominate and show how great we are by just dominating in the sports, which is fine, except that that doesn't that that's that's not the point. Everybody knows we're gonna we're gonna win. The Canadians or the Russians or the Americans are gonna win hockey, uh, and and it's not and Red China is not gonna beat anybody in hockey. And I don't know how they do in skiing or any of the other events, but. Being there is going to give idiots like Bryant Gumbel and uh, these people who wrote for CNN about uh, how wonderful North Korea was. It's going to give idiots like them a chance to to spew more stupidity like this to the rest of the world. So uh, this is a great advertisement for not going to Beijing and also a pretty good advertisement for not watching the Olympics. I'll be right back. Is it time to push reset and get away with God? Christian travel creates purposeful pauses to discover the most scenic, sought-after destinations while you immerse yourself in the wonder of God's creation. As you travel alongside the world's top Christian leaders, every step of the way will revive your faith and awaken your sense of wonder. Imagine morning devotions on the deck of a cruise ship as you pass towering Alaska glaciers or tropical Caribbean islands. Perhaps you're longing to set foot in the very places where Jesus walked and taught in Israel. Every day on a Christian cruise or tour brings you to new vistas while you enjoy uplifting music and powerful messages. Get away with God in a faith-focused journey and the unforgettable memories you create will refresh you long after you return home. 
For more information, visit InspirationCruises.com or call 800-247-1899. That's InspirationCruises.com or call 800-247-1899. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. Offer valid through 831-21. All with 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty. Warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. It's been tough talking to my doctor about constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. I finally laid all my symptoms out there and how they keep coming back. She said I may have irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC. We agreed it's time to try something different. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Visit a doctor in person or online. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at Linzess.com or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Abby and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-555-2085. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Only got a little bit of time here before our next break. Uh, I just want to tell you who's coming up next. Uh, her name is Carol Markowitz, and I, I wanted to have her on because she wrote a great column. It all ties in with what I just talked about with the Olympics and uh, patriotism and all that stuff. Um, this is someone who has a much different um, reaction to seeing people kneeling when the national anthem is being played or talking about, as uh, she wrote about the, the, in the New York Times, uh, someone wrote a column saying that uh, the the American flag now is triggering. It's now become, you know, you see the American flag and uh, you don't think of anything great anymore. It's all about racism and blah, blah, blah. Uh, she's written a column that uh, everybody should read. Everybody who who is okay with Megan Rapinoe, um, kneeling for the national anthem and we'll we'll talk to her when we come back but uh i i i've had i had a guest on a couple of months ago who who talked about it's time it, it would work now to boycott not not necessarily boycott the olympics as much as move the winter olympics and they shouldn't be in beijing china uh, and that's that's what's got to happen. There's got to be more of a movement uh, about that because you know obviously it's uh, it's almost August. We're getting closer and closer to uh, the time when it's actually going to come off. And the United States needs to start a movement to, and get some of the other countries involved to demand that the Olympics be moved out of Beijing. I don't expect it to happen. And uh, you can bet that when we 
do have a team sent there that the American media will embarrass themselves talking about what a wonderful place Red China is because it's clean and organized. I'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has rejected two Republicans tapped by House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy to sit on a committee investigating the January 6th Capitol riot. Pelosi not accepting the appointments of Indiana Representative Jim Banks or Ohio Representative Jim Jordan. McCarthy with this reaction, speaking from Capitol Hill. Why would she be afraid? Did she set the committee itself to be one-sided? Yes. More so than any select committee before? Yes, she did. We warned you from that moment in time she was playing politics. Today just showed the American people exactly what everybody was warned. McCarthy, in turn, has now pulled all of his GOP picks from that committee. He says the GOP won't participate in the House investigation. On Wall Street, stocks remain higher now. The Dow up 257 points and the Nasdaq 96 points higher. This is SRN News. Let's be boring and do a commercial about cash-out refinances. It's Ryan, and our mortgage team will often have a listener say, I think I understand what a cash-out refinance is, but can't that be bad for you sometimes? So let's hit on that. As with anything, it's certainly not the right move for everyone. If we don't have to, we don't want to add a bunch of years onto our loan or increase our monthly payment too much or pay more in the long run. But because home values have skyrocketed so far up the last few years, while rates have come so far down, We've seen many scenarios where listeners today can pull out a significant chunk of money from the new value in their home while lowering the years on the overall loan, while lowering their monthly payment, and lowering how much they ultimately pay. The key is to just look at the whole picture and be honest with yourself about your situation. If you're looking for someone to show you your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Metal Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Dot or corporate Animalist Number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. AM 1250, The Answer. AM 1250, The Answer.com. Hugh Hewitt. The Hugh Hewitt Show. All right, so you're here on the next Hugh Hewitt Show. J.D. Vance wants to be senator in Ohio. Kevin Falconer wants to be the governor of California. We begin our series of interviews with candidates who want to be something with J.D. Vance and Kevin Falconer on the next Hugh Hewitt Show. Hugh Hewitt, weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9 on AM 1250, The Answer. A child's body temperature rises three to five times faster than in adults, and leaving a child in a hot vehicle could lead to their death very quickly. Tragically, in 2020, 24 children died of pediatric vehicular heat stroke, and many of these incidents occurred when parents or caregivers simply forgot the child was in the car. Please set yourself reminders on your cell phone or place something you'll need in the back seat so you don't forget your child. Always look for your baby before you lock. Brought to you by NHTSA. With the worldwide pandemic and stock markets plummeting, now is the time to listen to a voice of reason. No fear-mongering or speculation, just straightforward talk about how to retire during unprecedented times. Get it right here Saturday morning at 7 or Sunday morning at 11 on the Net Worth Financial Hour with Beth Andrews. Or call Beth today at 800-725-2988. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. Water damage to your home or business? Don't know what to do next? At Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh, we do. Demand the yellow van. Demand the yellow van. Call Service Master. Has your home or business been damaged by fire, water, or storm? Even when dealing with insurance, you have a choice who repairs and cleans up the mess. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Call Service Master. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. We're looking at a major backup outbound Parkway East. Boulevard of the Allies up to Edgewood, Swissvale, and there is a crash off to the shoulder past the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Inbound, Forest Hills to the tunnel, delays of about seven minutes, and heavy 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West still not doing too badly, a little slow inbound. Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. And on the Parkway North, some minor delays as you approach the Fort Pitt Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. 
1250, the answer. Weather. Partly cloudy skies for tonight. It'll be more comfortable with a low of 55. It'll be pleasant tomorrow with sunshine and patchy clouds. The nicest day of the week. We'll see a high tomorrow of 77. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy skies, the low 58. Friday, we'll see times of clouds and sunshine. Expect a high Friday of 78. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. This is the John Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, you hate to root against the USA in anything, but lots of Americans, including me, I had to be happy to hear that the U.S. women's soccer team lost to Sweden 3 to nothing at the Olympics today. Most of the players took the knee during the playing of the anthem. I don't know if it was during the pregame ceremony, whatever, but had a picture of it, and most of them were kneeling. And that's what they'll do if they win a gold medal. And you can count on them to apologize uh, for America as often as they can whenever they're interviewed. I don't know if Carol Markowitz, a columnist for the New York Post, is rooting against the women's uh, soccer team. But I know she's rooting for America and rooting hard, and she's here to tell us why. Carol, thanks for being here. Hi, John. Thanks so much for having me. So, um, great column, by the way, and you can find it at the thenewyorkpost.com. Um, you wrote in your column that yesterday was your America-versary. What did you yes, mean? What did right. you mean by that? So my mother and I came from Russia when it was part of the Soviet Union on July 20th. And so every July 20th, we celebrate. Uh, I was a little under two when we arrived, and uh, it's been a really big deal in our family. Every single year, we celebrate it as if it's a birthday. I wake up on July 20th excited like it's my birthday. Um, and we make a really big deal about it because we know that we're so lucky and so blessed to be here. And how important it is and how differently our life could have gone. And we take that day to really pay attention to that and to, you know, think about it and to talk about it and talk about it with our families and how just happy and honored we are to be here. So, and so you escaped from the Soviet Union. When was that? Mm -hmm. What year was that? 78. So it was still very much the Cold War. That was uh, a long time Uh before the Berlin Wall fell and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, you really did escape from uh, hell, right? Uh, yeah, which is where you were living at the time. Um, what does your mother tell you? I mean, obviously you were two, so you don't remember. Yeah. it, But what does your mother tell you right. about what it was like that you know when when you when your family yeah. left there? Well, I grew up with the real knowledge of what it was. Um, my grandmother had lost her father in the gulag, the Stalin's gulag, for the crime of owning a bakery. Um, my mother, when she came to, when we arrived in America, she never saw her father again. Uh, her, her mom uh, was eventually allowed to come visit us, but every time she was here, she felt very afraid that she was being eavesdropped on and she couldn't really be herself. She couldn't really talk to her daughter about what was happening in her life because she was worried that somebody was listening in on their conversations. So it was just, it's a very hard to convey to people a totalitarian system, especially when they've lived somewhere as free as America. But it, you know, you called it hell, but you know, in, in our family, we really refer to it as prison. Like the year we left prison and, um, but the real prison that it is for the people that live there and that we got to get out of it, that we got to escape it. I have something here. I just read this in the, in the first part of my show, um, mm-hmm. the, the uh, people talking about, um, North Korea back during the, the, uh, winter Olympics of uh, 2018, I believe it was. Uh, uh-huh. This is Anna Fillifield, Fifield, I don't know who she is, uh, mm-hmm. but she writes for the Washington Post, apparently. She wrote this in the Washington Post back in February then. Uh, here she was, she, uh, a political princess, but the North Korean yep. first sister had none of the hallmarks of power and wealth that Koreans <laughs> south of the divide have come to expect. In looks-obsessed South Korea, many 20-something women list plastic surgery and brand-name bags as life goals. And they, she, they, and I had mm-hmm. some other examples of just the media slobbering all over yep. uh, what, what was going on in North Korea, talking about how organized and clean things were there. Right. How does this yeah. happen still? And Well, that was 2018, but it's going to happen yeah. again in China in the Winter Olympics in next January. 
so I wrote about that in 2018. It was actually a giant story that Kim Jong-un's sister was sort of a celebrity at the Olympics. And at the time, she kept getting unfavorably compared to Ivanka. And, you know, what a disgusting display to be in a free country and to compare our free people with you know, the subjugated people of North Korea, including Kim Jong-un's sister. You know, the other thing about it was that you, you didn't know if he was going to kill her for the publicity that she was getting. And, and that's a big standard that happens in countries like that. And we really just we have no idea. Like, people have no idea. The fact that, that these kinds of pieces get written with a straight face is is just evidence that people are just too comfortable and they have no idea what's out there. No, and, and so what, when you see something like that, that, uh, that mm-hmm. really has to... Just rub you the wrong way. I mean, it's yeah, it absolutely does. I hate any you know excuse making for these kinds of regimes. I think that we really, again, don't convey to our American children how bad things are elsewhere. The fact that college kids think that America is like the worst country in the world is is just it's so it's it's almost hilarious because it's so wrong. It just shows how myopic they are and how American-centric and how they don't know anything about the history of anywhere else, and they only can focus on America. And it's, it's funny because it used to be being American-centric, you know, sort of what they think that they shouldn't be, but yet they're the most America-centric people out there. Yeah, and here's, here's another one you'll like, uh, uh, Carol. Um, this is from someone named Kier Simmons. I don't know who that person is either. don't know if it's a man mm-hmm. or a woman, but it was on NBC Today, February 7th, 2018. This is what mm-hmm. she said. We spent a week inside, this is hard to believe, we spent a week inside North Korea and gained rare access to the people there. First impressions, clean, organized, and a lot of people in uniform, you think? A tour of weapons, <laughs> a tour of weapons captured from American forces in the Korean War counts as a school uh, outing here. What are you mm-hmm. lear- what are you learning here? Quote, we are learning about the great fighting spirit of our war heroes, this child tells me. America gave unfathomable pain to our people, he says. Here, here an amusement park in the capital, uh, bumper cars. They are ruthless, these guys. See, I guess she was talking about the kids having fun with bumper cars. Mm-hmm, but that, that's, mm-hmm. that's only, what, uh, three and a half years ago. Um, yeah. It's scary. Two and a half years ago. It is. Yeah. So I'm, I'm married to an immigrant. Um, uh-huh. He's from Israel. And our stories are so different because, I mean, not you know, he's very happy to be American as well, but he didn't have to escape somewhere. He didn't have to get permission to leave somewhere. I mean, the idea that North Koreans are living in some sort of paradise is just noxious because open the gates and see how many North Koreans leave. They can't leave. They're not allowed to leave. South Koreans live a life of freedom and, you know, relative safety uh, just south of the border from them. And yet North Koreans live one of absolute, you know, pain. And the fact that anybody looks at North Korea and sees something positive is scary because it really shows how fooled people can be. We're talking to Carol uh, Markowitz. She's a columnist for the New York Post, and she's, she writes about how much she appreciates America because she escaped from the Soviet Union when she was two years old. Um, so uh, did, you, you mentioned about uh, your husband also being an immigrant, mm-hmm. and, and you wrote also about uh, people um, thinking that your love for this country is only because you are an immigrant from a country that is not right. so great. Mm-hmm. And uh, your, your, your response to that is what? Well, I, I think what I wrote is that uh, I get a sort of a pass for it. Like even leftists are like, "Oh, you're, you know, it's not, you don't, you don't know any better. You, you love this country because you know it, it could have been worse for you." Um, but the concern is that I'm raising three children who were born in America who have never known any of the pain or agony that you know my our family had known. They won't grow up with the stories of of people being taken away in the night for the wrong opinion or for having the wrong job or for any of that. And so it's. It's interesting that the open patriotism that I want to pass along to my children is harder to do because they're not immigrants and because they, uh, you know, will be in college and will have the the college experience of being told America is the worst and everything we do, you know, is terrible. And I, I hope to lay the good foundation that to be open patriots and to appreciate how lucky they are to be born here. When I was a kid, I would lie to people and say that I was born in America because I wanted it so bad. And these kids, they have it. They have that. They have the dream. You can't be president, Carol. 
You know that, I know. Right? <laughs> so you've, you've ruled that out, I'm sure. Um, right, I have. <laughs> um, but uh, getting back to what the, the media here, I, I, I meant to mention this when we were talking about that. Um, mm-hmm. is, is it, I mean, you're a journalist, you're a columnist, you know all about mm-hmm. the media and covering things. I see you on Fox News, on Tucker Carlson all the time. You're, you're uh, mm-hmm. in the middle of all this, uh, what's going on in America right now. And, and you know how the media are supposed to work and what journalism is. How do people who are supposedly smart enough to be journalists and be journalists working for what are supposed to be reputable, credible organizations, how mm-hmm. is it possible that they could be that dumb? <laughs> or, or, is it, or is it willful? Do you know what I mean? To talk oh, about that, it's, I, it's probably a combination. I think the thing that I think is, has really taken over this country, and I, I saw it so much, especially during this COVID era, is the absolute need to conform, that people are afraid to speak a different opinion. And and sometimes they're afraid for good reason. Like, so when schools were closed, for example, I had so many parents reach out to me and say, thank you for being an activist to open schools. Um, But the thing is, they wouldn't speak on the record because they were afraid somebody was going to call their job and say, you know, Mrs. Smith wants teachers to die. And so people are living in this cancel culture fear. It's a real thing. Um, and so that's definitely one part of it. But the other part is that people are just conformist. A lot of people just want to fit in and they want to get along and they want to, to have the same opinions as everybody else. And sometimes it doesn't work out for them because you get canceled anyway. But a, a lot of people just want to, you know, go along to get along. Yeah, but that's what's interesting is that... Um... You know, when the two guys raised their fists at the uh, Olympics in Mexico mm-hmm. City in 1968, that was go- right. very much going against the grain. But right. th- you, you could make there, there could be some justification for that at the time because it was yeah. a, it was like four mm-hmm. years of uh, after the passing of the uh, the Civil Rights Act. Uh, you know, the I don't know I don't know if, I guess it was. I'm trying to think if it was before or after Martin Luther King had been assassinated. I guess it was after. Um, but so, but now, you, the, you're, as you said, you're not allowed to have uh, non-conforming opinions. And the, right. the, what, is, what is supposed to be a good opinion now is completely turned upside down. You're supposed to yep. think America is terrible. Yeah, and look, if you're, you know, posting on social media and you think that you're speaking out, look at what the corporations are doing. If you're saying the same thing that corporations are pushing out through their corporate messaging, um, you're not really being a rebel with your speaking out. You're actually just conforming to what everybody else is saying. And I think that's that's usually a, a really good test. Or, you know, has, has your local bank issued a statement on this and are you saying the same thing? Then you're probably not taking any chances. How old are your kids, Carol? They're 11, 8, and 5. So they're getting there. They're getting to be old enough to get in the middle, especially the 11-year-old, heading for high school in a few yeah. years. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what do you how, do you, how do you deal with them when, the, when uh, this subject comes up? I mean, if they're watching the Olympics, uh, and yeah. you know, what do they think of Megan Rapinoe, for example, who's supposed to be a great, <laughs> a great role model for girls, you know? Right. Um, to be honest, we haven't watched it, but we did, we have addressed, you know, kneeling during sports. Um, we do watch the NFL. Uh, I can't get my husband to, to quit his football. Um, but, you know, we, we talk about how absurd it is and how it's a really sort of useless protest where, again, it's the conformist thing where you're, people are just doing it to conform at this point. And, I, you know, I, I'm not against any protests that people want to do that one just never makes any sense to me to, to kneel before a game for your national anthem um, in, in large part because the national anthem does belong to all of us and it is part of all of us and you're just you know basically saying yourself is not is not good and it, it, it America's for, for all of us um, and I really hate that there's going to be a black national anthem played at NFL games this year. I really think that's divisive, and I wish we wouldn't do things like that where we separate people out by color because we are all Americans. Well, I'm somebody, I covered sports for a long time, and I always always liked the national anthem being played. I always looked at the flag. Mm-hmm. I liked the song. I liked the fact that people are standing, and it's always been uh, a, a big thing for me. And, uh, you know, so I've, uh, it's something that means something to me. But, uh, you know, I grew up here in a different era. Your kids, um, yeah. it's going to be, they're really going, are they going against the grain? I mean, uh, like especially your 11-year-old who's starting to get to be old mm-hmm. enough to have some kind of a grasp of this. 
Right. Uh, what what, yeah, is, what do her friends think about tough. him? It's tough. Um, it, she's not, they're not really seeing that much from their friends yet, but we spent some time in Florida this year. Um, we were there for almost five months, and they went to school there. And they saw a different world where they celebrate Armed Services Day and where they say the Pledge of Allegiance every morning um, and all of that. And they don't have that in their public schools in Brooklyn. That's not something that uh, exists in New York, really. And so it was it was really interesting to see them sort of a different, you know, world. Uh, and uh, frankly, I, I've been honest with them, but I think that's the better way to go. I think we should be doing patriotic things in school. Um, in a previous America Versary article, I've written about how I went to school not speaking any English. The only English I knew, and this is a true story, was the Pledge of Allegiance, because there was a children's show that started every show with the Pledge of Allegiance. And so I learned to say the pledge, and that was all I had <laughs> Um, and I just imagine now, imagine a, t- a kid's show right now starting with the Pledge of Allegiance, and it's uh, impossible to imagine. And yet, it's no. not that long ago, and you know, really unfortunate. Well, here's the thing about the National Anthem, too. Uh, and I've been saying here, and as I said, I, I, I'm a, a guy who always liked the National Anthem being played and think it should be. But I've actually come around in the last year or so, uh, probably get, beginning with uh, Colin Kaepernick and then maybe a little bit after that, I don't think they should play the anthem anymore um, because it's been the, the whole idea of it has been destroyed. And, and if, if you're not, if you're the NFL, you're not going to tell people to stand up, uh, shut up and stand up and uh, and just do what you're supposed to do. Then the whole purpose has been has been uh, destroyed because it's not yeah, supposed I, to be a, a, an individual thing. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be a, a, a manifestation of community, you know. Right. Well, I, I, I have to disagree because I think that, you know, it should be let, let the people who don't want to stand for it, let that be their problem. Um, I think we should still play it. You know, when the New York Times writer was, I don't know, I mean, I'm sure you've, you heard the story, but Mara Gay was out in Long Island and she was triggered by American flags. Yeah, I saw And that, she yeah. said all these flags like, made her feel that it wasn't about her or whatever. I would. I don't care who flies the American flag. I would never surrender the American flag. If a leftist decided today that the American flag was their actual symbol, I wouldn't then say, oh, okay, that's not my flag anymore. It's their flag. I'm not giving up any of that. I'm not giving up the flag. I'm not giving up the Star Spangled Banner. It's all ours. And, you know, I, I think it's important that we hold on to it and not let people ruin it for us. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't really want to give it up, but, but I, I would like to see yeah. the NFL say, listen, we're going to do this and do it right or we're not going to do it. And uh, you right. know we're not we're not going to use it as an opportunity for you people to trash the country. It kind of defeats the purpose. Uh, and my next thing is, and I'm out of time here, Carol, but um, mm-hmm. I hope I don't know if you've written about the Winter Olympics, but these comments from some of the media people that I just read to you, to me they yeah. are they're advertisements for not allowing the American team to go to Beijing, or for at least for the Americans to. Uh, demand that the Olympics be moved because it just gives the media that China's going to be they're yeah. going to be talking about China. I, I got to take a break, but hey, Carol. All right, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, Carol, I appreciate it. Carol Markowitz, uh, New York Post, and hope to have you on again. Great column. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely, thank you. Okay, okay we'll be right back. Political correctness has perverted politeness and turned it into a weapon of censorship and intimidation, and we are perilously close to being permanently silenced. This is Michael Knowles from The Daily Wire. For decades, the more we have fought against political correctness, the more ground we have lost to the bad guys. Today, you can no longer keep your social media account or your job and praise America's founding fathers, denounce critical race theory in classrooms, or suggest that there are only two biological sexes. How did we get to this point? In my new book, Speechless, I reveal the radical hundred-year history of political correctness. I diagnose how the left transformed our language through Marxist tactics, and most importantly, show how we can beat the power-hungry language architects at their own game and win back the right 
to speak the truth. Senator Ted Cruz is calling it the most important book on free speech in decades. It's the new book, Speechless, Controlling Words, Controlling Minds, by Michael Knowles. Order now from Amazon or wherever books are sold. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. Offer valid through 831.21. All with 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrustpittsburgh.com. That's windowsrustpittsburgh.com. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, I said yesterday, and I'm still thinking the same thing. Uh, I don't know about you, but I've, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that uh, we're, we're getting ready for masks again. I, I see it coming. It's already happening in L.A. and Las Vegas and other places, and people are saying that uh, the kids should wear masks when they go back to school. One of the reasons that they're talking about this is because of uh, breakthroughs, and that's the people who have been getting um, – they, they've been showing that they have the virus uh, – after they've been vaccinated and the response is at least my response has been well what what's the point of the vaccine if it's if it's not working and you're still getting the disease well there's a story here uh that was in the new york post and uh, this is a, a guy named sten vermond he's a doctor an infectious disease epidemiologist and dean of the yale school of public health he says a misconception exists that vaccines transform transform us into totally immune beings able to instantaneously smite any virus we encounter. But he says, uh, he says, that's false idea. He said, as soon as it touches my mucosa or skin or genital tract, boom, zap, it's gone. That's not the way it works, this guy says, this doctor says. He said, vaccines are more similar to poison traps into which a pest might fall, wriggle a bit, and then perish from insecticide. So what he's saying is, if you keep testing people, when there's a just a microscopic, I guess everything's microscopic, but when you have a really, really small sample or um, 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 there's there's a there's an indication of the virus, they're they're saying that these people are positive. They're they're asymptomatic. They're not sick. So quit testing people who have been vaccinated, and maybe the problem goes away. Who cares if they have it? I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.